everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Sella. Today, we're doing a spoiler talk review for The Owl House, Season 2, Episode 10, dubbed Yesterday's Lie. Joined with me, as always, via satellite radio, it's my good friend, Marcello, a.k.a. Mark, a.k.a. the magnificent, the stupendous. Oh, wow, he's right over there, and he's got a big old smile for you. How you doing out there, Mark? I've done it, Matt. I've created a portal to another world where strange, bipedal, hairless monkeys have these magical bricks they use to talk to each other, and these large metal behemoths they use to traverse the strange, cold stone paved land. <gasps> wow, that sounds like a really relatable world to me. I'm glad you think that because I'm uh, I'm actually pitching it as a pilot and I wanted your feedback on it. I think you're going to make millions. Thank you. I think I think any network would be, you know, lucky to have such a high-end fantasy show in their uh, catalog. Speaking of high-end catalogs, may I remind you folks that if you enjoy reviews just like this where we like to talk about animation whether in TV or movies, be sure to like this video. Subscribe Subscribe and don't forget to share this video amongst your friends and family. It really helps us out. And if you'd like to watch me do some animation in Toon Boom Harmony, I recommend you follow me on Twitch. And also check out my Twitter where I occasionally post art pieces and stuff at MJ Sella. Links are in the description below. Without further ado, Mark, let's set aside our pilot pitches for major networks and talk about this episode. Let the folks know, what is this episode, Yesterday's Lie, all about? Well, I'm glad you asked, Matt. Ida, King, and Hootie, yes, the Hootie, along with Luz, of course, you know, but also Hootie, have managed to create a temporary door to the human realm so that Luz can get in contact with her estranged mother. But the door is flimsy, and Luz instead winds up in a reflection mirror world-like uh, place instead of the actual human world, and is only able to communicate through reflections. She's able to eventually get in contact with her mother, though, but her mother doesn't notice her, but Luz notices there's another Luz there. She confronts the imposter, who reveals herself to be a basilisk, originally named Number 5, who escaped Emperor Bellos in the Boiling Isles and has been living with Luz's mother because she showed her kindness. But everything is not well, for a local museum curator who is really annoying and I dislike is trying to capture our poor little basilisk as proof of demons and all his bad internet conspiracy theories, and also a connection to the history of the town itself. All this and more are in this episode of Owl House. And Matt, what did you think of it? Okay, so I'm going to get one major compliment out of the way, and one thing that didn't quite work for me, however, I'll still acknowledge the overall theme here. The first thing I gotta say, Mark, is so far I've been really happy with season two episodes. It feels like every episode does not have the worry of being a filler and continues to build upon this world, the overall mystery of what Belos is after, who was the original human who came to the Boiling Isle centuries ago. It just keeps expanding itself in some way. Some of it's subtle, some of it more obvious, and I just like that even though every other episode seems to solve a mystery that may have been set up, it comes back and presents a new one. I think that's really well done for this series so far to kind of keep me engaged because it keeps me on my feet, Mark. Oh, it certainly does, Matt. No doubt there. But uh, what else do you have to say? Now, the thing that I want to kind of bring up, and I feel a little bad saying this, but I like the idea that Luce had at the very end of the episode where her mother, I won't say so much felt betrayed, but taken aback that Luce had the need to push her away during the summer camp thing, which is the thing that happened in the very first episode of the series. And for them to kind of like, not quite make amends, but 
but like be transparent with each other of what Luce has been doing the whole time in a way the inadvertent lies and things like that it was a very emotional moment I will definitely grant the show that however what made it a little hard for me to get on board with in terms of like emotionally empathizing with that is it's actually been a long time since we actually had the establishment of Luce and her mother dare I say butting heads and that really only happened in the very first episode a season and a half ago that was a little while and so when this came up it didn't have as much weight for me even though I completely understood it because it wasn't as fresh in my mind as I feel like it could have been like in a narrative movie I would have definitely felt that way like we've seen movies this year Mark that had similar themes in such a way maybe not specifically that but it had the family issue and the dynamic of a three-act story and we felt that I mean I'm not going to speak on behalf of you Mark but definitely for me my emotional sobbiness definitely got that but for a TV show I think that's harder to say but again I think it makes sense narratively speaking for the character and all that it's just in terms of the pacing of where those events kind of conspired maybe a serialized show just makes me a little numb to that because I don't think about that well enough well that's very interesting Matt and I do think to a degree that is a little fair I think the weird thing is just the way Luz and her mother's dynamic has been portrayed since the first episode and then actually Luz herself has been portrayed kind of has shifted very differently because like it Luz has changed and grown as a character but like let's not forget she brought snakes and spiders and like fireworks to school repeatedly it seems like and like had no idea why everyone was so upset and like doing wrong like she had a bit of a she she definitely needed some help and her mother is a single parent and like in medical profession we find out she's a veterinarian but like still probably very stressful job and like needed help with her daughter so like if anything I think the thing is I kind of wound up sympathizing a lot more with her mother than Luz in a lot of ways. And it, it, in some ways, almost seemed like a lot of Luz's fear of her mother being so overbearing almost was f- her own like delusion of her mother or something. I don't know. I think like everyone in the, that I talk to loves Luz's mother, and I don't think you usually get that with a character that is perceived as overbearing, especially the way I think Luz sees her mother, which is interesting. So there's that. And I 100% agree with you and those who you talked about. I actually don't think think Luce's mother is at fault at all. Matter of fact, the way Luce kind of portrayed her mother is like, oh, she doesn't understand me. She always like pushing me away kind of vibe. But I noticed in the episode where she was listening to Luce about her friend needing rescued at this museum thing, she said she would play along. And even with like the whole fantasy stuff happening, like she wasn't taking it seriously. She assumed it was LARPing. On some level, she did show a layer of interest or empathy. She would was trying to like be involved with Luce's interests in some fashion. So I, yeah, I don't think Luce's mother was a bad guy at all. And I agree with you. I think Luce was kind of creating this barrier for herself, but one could argue maybe that's a thing that just happens a lot with teenagers. You know, that's a very good point. I think we tend to forget how, what a weird time being a teenager is just with how you see yourself and how you even view other people after a while, especially parental figures. That is an interesting point, but you're trying to get back to some other things though i mean that was certainly the big 
takeaway from it. I did like number five, the Basilisk, uh, otherwise known as V, I believe. I, I actually completely forgot that there was a Basilisk previously in the series. It's not an episode I remember too much of, but I do remember something of like a Basilisk being like a certainly a rare thing. It seems like at the very least, Belos has recreated or resurrected artificial Basilisks in some way, shape, or form for his plans, which are very interesting. And they, of course, managed to escape, which explains why we had the one that showed up in that one episode but also it was it was it was interesting it was all interesting stuff i stand by and absolutely hate the curator i hate this character i hate when that type of character shows up they're annoying they're conspiracy theory selfish people who are just jerks and ugh, I, I don't i don't know they try and portray as like quirky or even like nerdy sometimes but like no you're just you're a terrible person and you have really stupid armor there i said it i don't like the curator he did look a little goofy in that armor i will give you that much he did but that being said i'm actually very interested to see how the town actually that loses from has had connection with the boiling isles because i mean you could assume that the original human who came to the boiling isles you know really could have come from anywhere on earth like it didn't have to be loses hometown so it was cool to see this connection and uh, i don't I, i'm excited for that and where that'll lead to it's very fascinating overall stuff and plus the town has a history with Ida. apparently she's in the newspapers she does she may be oh no you know i don't want to spoil it because that might spoil something for you for another show that we need to watch matt but we haven't gotten there yet but not but i'm not going to say anything it's gravity falls but i'm not going to say anything but i do know matt we had sort of talked that you know being so used to the boiling aesthetic for so long seeing the human world and actual other humans actually uh, maybe jarring is a bit extreme but kind of visually through us kind of through a loop eh yeah no for sure i don't know if it was just me or if anyone else kind of felt the same way we've been with the boiling aisles for so long we're so used to dana terrace's art style of characters designs and all that especially with the eyes she does have somewhat of a unique approach when it comes to eyes that when we finally return to the human world and we see normal people kind of sharing the same eyes i don't know why to me that was just weird to look at i was like man i'm so used to these strange monsters with like the pointed ears the extra eyeballs and like the snarling mandibles but with humans it's like oh god get that away from me no yeah and, uh, lest we forget Ida is also responsible for bringing sentient evil rats and nim-esque rats to the human world thank you Ida. you give us so much i mean to be fair mark we humans have done far worse that's true we i've seen planet of the apes i will say one thing to the point that you brought up about number five or V, which I think you're right. That is the nickname she was given by the end of the episode. I did think her disguising herself as Luce was a little too coincidental to be a non-secret agent for Bellows. But when we got to the halfway point where she explains how she got to the human world and why she disguised herself as Luce, because that was like the last human she saw kind of thing. After that, I was like, okay, I buy that more. That that kind of makes sense to me. No, absolutely. I think it I think it wrapped its, it gave us a pretty satisfying reason for it. And I was happy with it overall. Because that's the tricky thing with some of these shows. Like, I know Star Wars kind of suffers that a little bit. Where it's like, hey, small world, you're here. And it's like, that's the size of a galaxy. What are the chances of bumping into each other, huh? Granted, I know Boiling Isles and Earth, it's smaller. But still, it, it feels like that sometimes. No, it certainly can. But I, I think it's avoided that pretty well. Anywho, folks, you heard our thoughts. But now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below. What did you think of this episode of The Owl House Season 2, Episode? 
10, Yesterday's Lie. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, ring that bell to be notified when new videos drop. And if you want to support me directly, consider going to my Patreon. Watch me do some animation on my Twitch channel and follow me on Twitter. Links are in the description below. This is Matt Sella. Yeah, this is Mark. Thanking you all for two. Meaning.